most of the guys are younger right? probably living at home i don't know i don't really quiz everybody on what their living stat- status is you should i mean you are before a we right? engage in combat uh do you mind filling out yeah. this mortgage pre-qualification application speaking of mortgage applications yeah what a show today what a show yeah, look at if that you, if you guys are looking for a kind mortgage there. and you're not sure who to go to one of our guests today yeah if you're confused we're going to confuse you more is going to be able to help you that's okay? for sure it's like depending which one on, though yep depending on what you're looking for what your goals are i guess where you live i think they're all ready to help people anywhere in canada i'm pretty sure they are the mortgage business is is, is uh, national. Well, these guys are all heavy hitters, but TK, I mean, what's going on out there? I mean, one minute I'm hearing that there's like bidding wars and the market's like rip roaring and what's going on? Like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. And then now people are like, I think that's over. Um, feels kind of quiet again. What's happening from from TK's perspective? From on My on perspective. Things. I actually have one active listing right now because everything else is sold um or sold conditional yeah. so i just have one little like property to to really like uh understand the, the temperature of the market i'm talking to my teammates and all that stuff but i'm getting that second hand so first hand in whippy a detached two-bedroom bungalow on a 50 by 160 foot lot nice lot single car detached garage like kind of like a workshop pretty sweet place um Separate entrance to the basement. Good condition. Kitchen needs to be updated, but the bathrooms are all updated. Maybe throw down some new flooring. Listed at seven fifty. It's the cheapest detached in Whitby, right? It's a small house. Whitby. And I'm getting. Uh, Is Whitby in Durham? I'm Durham. Yep. Pickering Ajax Whitby Oshawa. So it's kind of you know three quarters of the way out what there. What was it? What's it? Price versus peak. TK. Price versus peak. What's um, the price to peak ratio? Be, you know, close to twenty percent. 20% below close peak. To, close to peak, yeah. Because the neighbors wow. sold. It was a smaller house for 860 in the peak. So these guys probably would have been 900. So 20% below peak would be 20% 720. below peak. Yeah, but uh, anyways. That's too bad. Hey, listen. What are you going to do? What no, do do? Not everybody can call the top. And not everybody's ready to sell at the top. I mean, circumstances, right? Circumstances. Bro, the world's going crazy right now. Um, would why? you go? Why you're you're so wrapped up in yourself, TK? You you never know what's going on. I'm just not on Twitter. So, so I'm, busy. Not, I'm not getting the negativity. Twitter. Just... Have you heard of this thing called the TTC? TK. Oh, the TTC. Mm. Have you heard? What, like, would you go what's on the TTC on right now? I would. You would. You would risk being stabbed to get downtown. I think the the risk of being stabbed is is the same whether I'm on the TTC or or, or not. I mean. These days, you know. the risk of getting shot, stabbed, or uh, swarmed are pretty pretty high. This episode is brought to you by Landlord. This Landlord software is a game changer. You upload your properties, right? You upload all the information, income, expenses, timelines, mortgage details, everything that you need to have so that you keep track of everything in your portfolio. And as you go through real-time adjustments in, you know, rent increases and uh, water bills and and tax bills and everything else, they're going to actually give you recommendations on how to 
make your portfolio more efficient. And it just breaks everything down for me in a way that I've never seen before. Like Excel spreadsheets just don't cut it. I don't think there's a better program or app out there for investors and it's free. Please click the link below for your free trial offer. Yeah, I think the TTC is a safe place. Um, I don't think that there's anything that people are, you know, um, particularly targeting anybody at the TTC. I just think that there's sometimes there's random stuff that can happen. And, there's a uh, lot of random stuff going on at the moment, like simultaneously. Yeah, it seems I like know. the TTC is just getting hit. I remember my sister hit, and, hit. and uh, her partner and, and policing and all that stuff. And I remember there was a time where like, we had like four police officers who were killed all all on, on duty, right? Maybe mm. one was off duty. But I didn't immediately go, oh my gosh, it's not safe to be a police officer anymore. Yeah, well, it already isn't. That's why, because it's all you don't. You already go into that going. This is probably the least safe thing that I could do. Well, right? again, I disagree, but things maybe happen. maybe a stewardess on the airplane is a little less safe. I've seen than some. That. I've seen some videos. Yeah, I've seen some videos. I always look so, at the stewardess the and safe. wonder what the hell. Why do you want to fly so many times in even one day? It's crazy. Okay, TK, we're getting yeah. off the rails. Going on here, There's though? people waiting. Real estate is crazy. I don't know. I mean, I start off confused, but like, this is crazy. Things aren't aren't making any sense. Immig immigration is crazy. Like, employment levels are crazy. Rental vacancies are crazy. Everything's crazy, TK. Mm-hmm. We're crazy. I'm freaking crazy. We got a cough going around this house like crazy right now. I coughed so hard I blew my back out. <laughs> this is not Does good. Does that like speak levels to the like the cough, the intensity of the cough or the weakness of your back? It's a combo. It's a combo. It's a combo of both. Well, look, we've got people waiting to get on the show, TK. We have a let's lot of people. In. So like, let's start getting people in here. Um, you know what? He's never been on the show before. Let's start with him for a couple of minutes. This guy's the big time. We, we, this is the big time here. This is like, this guy's on the number one real estate podcast on. Is he trolling us? Oh, there on, he goes. On, <laughs> on, on planet Earth right now. Hey. Oh, come on. We hear about their their issues all the time every week with their with their technical difficulties and it it's seems all, it's all an Mr. Act. Nick, welcome to the show. Nick Hill. Fellas, hey, pleasure, Nick. pleasure nice to be to here. You. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I've been a long-time listener so it's uh it's great to great to come on. Yeah, we've awesome. been uh, You guys been... are killing it out there with the with the show, man. Yeah. Good for you. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Actually, I got uh you guys you guys will love this. I'll, I'll share this before we before anyone else joins. We uh so we get a ton of mail from the um from the podcast, right? And ninety-eight percent of it is is great. Um, so this morning I'm just, you know, sending some emails and I I get, I get this email. Hey fellas, I have a bone to pick with you. When discussing Victoria BC the other day, you referred to it as the Pacific Northwest. This is an American term referring to the Washington state. And it's nails on a chalkboard for most of us that live on the island or anywhere in the BC coast, the west, or even the southwest of Canada. I absolutely fucking hate when people refer to anything south of the Bella Coola as the Pacific Northwest. Please never, ever, ever do it again. I have been forced to lower my star rating on your podcast, but would be happy to fix it when redacted. 
How oh, dare you? Forced <laughs> redaction. TK, I can't look, it's, did that. it's an oh opportunity for us. We, we had a background one time that was uh, definitely Quebec City. And we're like, we're in Montreal. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> and then someone in the comments is like, guys, that's Quebec City. Like, what are you doing? And we're like, oh, never mind. Quebec City. It's, it's I pictured crazy. it in a French accent, though. I, and I felt yeah. like it was very aggressive. And that guy mean. was bilingual. Well, For I mean, sure. you, you know, you might, yeah, I don't know what the West I'm, I'm born and raised in Vancouver. And, um, so you, you should know. know better what the hell's wrong. Yeah, with you? Well, I, so, you know, what I did is I went and Googled, you know, what is the Pacific Northwest? And of course it's from the Yukon all the way down to, you know, the base of Washington. An American um, wrote that. So, so I was just, I, I might even, I'm not even going to engage with this person, but I was going to send them several pictures of BC and being included in the Pacific Northwest. The fact that Pacific Northwest trail starts in Vancouver and goes down anyways, mm. just a nice. little aside. I'm Touché. sure you guys have Touché. gotten your, your fair share of interesting mail over the years. People don't really listen to our show, to be honest with you. It's, <laughs> you, you you're like, we got all this mail and me and Daryl are just like, yeah, mail. we get mail. Yeah, lots of people. The hell's he talking about? But, uh, What's this? You know, we, we do it for fun. You, you guys are definitely like on the ball. I mean, you got you got a lot of expertise. You know, obviously Dan does that's, well. Learn from these Dan. guys. Yeah, that's yeah, that's guys, all Dan. You guys provide a lot of content. We we bring on people who are smarter than us. That's kind of what we do. That's our. Well, strength. you've you've screwed up today, my friend. I don't know. No, why they're you... coming. Well, we where we where we may <laughs> lack in quality, we're 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 making up for in quantity. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Love it. No, we, we uh, listen. I mean, everybody wants to talk about interest rates, right? And everybody's thinking about interest rate. Well, not everybody, just everybody that we all know, right? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. I mean, what a great time to get some of the more social uh, uh, facing mortgage guys. So, we got a couple other guys in here that we would like to invite as well. And yeah, I see uh, Vince. I, 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 I mean, Vince is an OG in the space, right? I mean, I'm going to be by far. Uh... And Mark, Mark as well. I've been following Mark for a while. Mark's hilarious, got such hilarious a Instagram, channel. hilarious Instagram account as well. Yeah, there he is. There he is. There he is. Hey guys, hey, how Mark. are you? Welcome. How you doing? Great. How are Fantastic. you? Fantastic. Yeah. Good. Good to see you. Nothing you... like another podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. It's right? been, Get it's some been more too long. Too bad we yeah. can't have everybody on every single time. We just need to have twenty four seven real estate live. Show like just constantly. I could do it, TK. I think you could do it. I could do it. Yeah, I'd have to be in one of the hour time slots like everyone else. It wouldn't be well, hard to replicate me, right? Like, AI so we could just have it. me on a loop and just yeah. change guests throughout, right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll figure it out with AI. So what what's going on out there, guys? I mean, we had a rate hike this week, last week. You know, does does anybody care? Does anybody even? Is it? It's like we're desensitized. It's like, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Twenty five would have been big like a year ago, right? And now, right, we just shrug it off. Yeah, I mean, I Thank I remember um, probably over a year ago, I, there was a lot of anticipation for one of the one of the announcements. I mean, everyone was expecting. I think the the economists had, had baked it in as well, and and then it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, and and you know, then it then it didn't happen again several more times, and and we just kind of you know didn't seem to care, forgot about it. And now the opposite's happened right now. It's happened so many times. I think you're right. We are a little desensitized to it. And, you know, I think it would have probably made more headlines if it was a 50 or a 75, but 25 was, I think, pretty much expected at that point, especially with what we saw with the job numbers um, that it, that had come out. Right. Like the job numbers really threw 
a, a wrench in things as far as I was looking at things. And then it's like, even like was 25 enough? Like based on what's really going on. Time, there, I mean, time will tell, I guess. Well, I mean, I'm yeah. sure all of us were in the camp that like back a year ago when we all thought it was going to maybe be eight 25 BIP raises, right? We were all of the opinion that that was already crazy. And then we got what we got, right? And so, so now like what we, when we see out there that employment is uh, like going, like unemployment is cr crazy, right? Um, like salaries are still going up. Oil has to go up. I don't even know yeah. why oil's low. I mean, that doesn't even make any sense. Shelters going up like crazy, obviously. So like, like how is it only a quarter point now if the whole point is to kind of get ahead of things? Yeah, I I think he's it's a kind of a hope and a prayer right now, uh, because they know they can't go much higher without really hurting things. I think so. Right. Um, what are your clients saying, Mark? Because I think that's the most important thing is not just like what's my how does my mortgage payment change, but like how are the people reacting? So what kind of calls have you been getting, pre and post rate announcement? Um, uh, it's it really hasn't changed a whole lot because bond yields are are remaining low, so all the fixed rates are still the same. Um, and I think a lot of people got off the variable bandwagon months ago. So in terms of buying a home, it's not really affecting anybody because most clients that I have at least are fixed. Uh, so I, I haven't seen a whole lot of reaction. Um, and everybody was kind of expecting 25 at, at minimum anyway. So it, it's it, they're kind of like us, most of my clients anyway. They're just kind of shrug, shrugging it off. Just shrugging it off. No one's, no one's panicking right now to get their no. rates held or anything like that. No, 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 because the fixed rates have come down so much over the past few months. Why have so, fixed rates come down? Explain that to our listeners. Uh, because the yield, the bond yield, the amount of money that you can make off of a Canadian government bond has lowered because investors are all expecting the Bank of Canada to pause. So with the money you can make off of a Canadian bond yield, uh, off of a Canadian bond lowers, then fixed rates follow. So fixed rates are always going to be a little bit higher than you can make off um, off of the government because a uh, a mortgage is more risky than lending to the government, right? So when those when that when the amount of money you make from bonds comes down, then so do fixed rates. It's not a direct it's not directly tied to the Bank of Canada when they raise rates. So so bond investors right now are basically saying we don't think rates are going to go up very That's much right. at all. Yeah. That's right. That's if right. anything, come down maybe. Some exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're expecting a pause late 2023 or mm -hmm. not a pause. They're expecting reversal late 2023. Mm -hmm. So right now, a lot of the markets are, are fighting the central banks. In fact, thinking that the, the banks aren't going to be able to follow through with these hikes with what's needed. They, they think the banks are going to back down. It's interesting right now. It's kind of the, the BOC versus the GOC, um, the GOC yeah. being the government of Canada. Right. Yeah. Right. Who's winning? Hey. Who's winning? What's going on? What's <laughs> what's what round are we in? Who's ongoing on, who, ongoing battle. Yeah. It's not it's not the people that have uh, variable rates. That's for sure. Hey, Nolan, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? All right, we've got really Nick Hill, Mark Mitchell, panel. Nolan Matthias. Well, I, I we think rocking. Yeah, we were still waiting for one more. I think he's having some technical difficulties, but uh, I mean, look at this panel. Hey, TK, look at us. No, look no. At us. Have you seen any changes? Like, is there anybody calling you saying different things since this rate announcement? Is there any change at all? 
Yeah, I mean, we're seeing lot, lots of people who are having strategy changes, right? Like flipping from that variable to that fixed side, um, looking for smarter decisions as opposed to just like, let's grab that variable rate because it's cheap. Um, a lot of people, I mean, there's still this tendency, right? There's always a tendency to try to time the market. People, when they were choosing variable rates, they thought they were trying to time the market. It wasn't what the point of the variable rate was. The point of the variable rate was to take the position that you're in the market, you're going to follow the market. And if you do, then over the long run, you should probably save. And now they're finding themselves in a situation where they're back into this, let's time the market and take a fixed rate now. And I think there's some validity validity to that, given the fact that you can get such a significantly lower rate on your on, on a fixed right now than you can on a variable. The question is, how long? So I think what it's done is it's is the difference between the two rates, once the consumer figures out that there's a big difference there and it's not the difference it used to be, is creating quite a bit of confusion for, for consumers. Has, has variable ever, ever been higher than fixed before? Like yeah. I don't yeah, follow it, but... It... Yeah, yeah. There's basically... So the misconception is that if you choose a variable rate when interest rates are going up, that's when you win with a variable rate. And that's not exactly true. The science on it, the data on it, and this goes back to that Mosh-Malevsky study that brokers use to push people into variable rates. Um, that Mosh-Malevsky study points out really clearly that there was three times leading up to the early 2000s, and there's been two times since then where it did make sense to choose a fixed rate over a variable. And the reason why was because there, that yield curve inversion happened and those variable rates were priced higher than the fixed rates. And those are actually the the three or four times there's really interesting chart on it that you can look at where it actually made sense to to pick that fixed if you ignored everything that's really important like risk tolerance and so is it potentially we're in that time right now like i mean i know there's variables but potentially oh, yeah. it could make I mean, sense for someone to be going in with a fixed rate on a five-year yeah close term if right you're getting now. A, if you're getting a brand new mortgage i wouldn't necessarily say a five-year but if you're getting a brand new mortgage it absolutely makes sense for you to be in a two or a three year fixed versus a variable because it's going to take it. I shouldn't say it's going to take, because when I say things like it's going to take the internet beats me up and says, I made a prediction <laughs> and I'm trying to provide perspective, but it typically takes, you know, 18 to 24 months for a reverse in interest rates to happen. Now everybody's thinking, Oh, it's, it's happening. It's going to happen like right now end of 2023. It's probably not. So the reality of it is, is it takes quite a while for those reversals typically to happen. And if that holds true, then kind of being protected in that lower fixed rate mortgage for two or three years is probably the smarter strategy. Hmm. But, the, but we've never seen a rate hike so steep. So so like, can we predict the other end of, of this the same way, like using those charts from from times where they raised in a very, very different environment? So we have seen interest rate hikes this steep. So never say never. It happened once before that we can remember going back to the early 1900s. And you're right, like past past performance is not a predictor of future performance type thing. Um, so, and, and if there's one thing the pandemic taught us, it's that like everything previously, it we have to throw all that out the window. We have this weird scenario where it's like history rhymes and and normally in normal circumstances you can see you can kind of predict what's going to happen based on what you've seen before but this like a pandemic the way it happened in a modern economy like we have right now is not something that we've ever seen before so no we probably can't use the past charts but um 
but we can definitely do some strategy. I mean, it's it's pretty simple math, right? If you can get a fixed rate for 4.79 right now, and your variable rate is 5.7, if you can lock in for two or three years at 1% lower, you're probably making a pretty, pretty good bet that if you're, if you lock in that mortgage, that you're going to save money while those interest rates come down, right? Like it's, it's, it's pretty clear. Um, what, what about, what about if someone's already in a variable and they have to now, um, at the prime rate, fix their mortgage with whatever three, two, three, four years left. Yeah. How do you I mean, navigate if, that? Like, how do you talk to a client about that situation? Totally. If a lender will let you lock into a lower rate on a two or three year, I'd absolutely do it. But more importantly, what I would do is if you've got a variable rate now and you're paying 5.7, I would be looking to a mortgage broker and I would be going, how do I get this from five point or sorry, you're paying 5.7. How do I get this from 5.7 down to 4.7? And so maybe pay the penalty and go in yep. with a new mortgage. Yeah. And the math on that's term. really simple, right? Like it these the the difference is so easy because if you got a five hundred thousand dollar mortgage and it's a one percent difference, that's five thousand dollars a year. If you get a three month interest penalty, you figure out what your three month interest penalty is. And if it is lower than that five thousand dollars, you do it. And if it isn't, you don't. So it's actually good advice right now for people who are invariable, mm -hmm. who are, you know, savvy and and willing to be able to really, you know buckle down here and make sure that they know what their payments are going to be like and don't want to have that exposure because rates for all we know could end up going up further. Totally. Right. That and it's, like and that it's interesting, a... right? Cause on my channel, you got 30,000 people that are sitting well, 30,000 subscribers, but you got 800,000 people every month that are coming to the channel and they're just going, ha, huh, you predicted variable or you, you promoted variable rate. You were wrong. Um, you gave bad advice. And it's like, well, the, uh, the advice hasn't actually changed. Everything that I'm saying now is the same advice that I was saying then. It, the advice back then was, here's what you do based on the odds when variable rates are significantly lower than fixed rates and vice versa, what you do when fixed rates are lower than variable rates. Yeah, it's 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 funny, Nolan. I mean, listen, I, I, I tune into the channel quite often. You put out amazing content. Um, so so well done there but and and it's funny i mean you'll you know most people don't understand that what we're 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 chasing a moving target the whole time right so variable rate was the better idea up until it wasn't and then you know the advice changes and for everyone on this everyone on this panel or, or chat right now i mean we're we're deep into it we do it day in and day out but for most people it, it's not a top of mind uh subject right so it's up to it's up to people like us to you know put it out on social media or, or, you know, ma maintain our clients and uh, make sure they're getting, you know, the right service. Yeah. It was interesting. My wife and I were having a conversation yesterday and uh, like late last night, my wife sings in a choir. So she, she had a show, she got home late and we dipped into a glass of wine and we started talking about like, how do you explain this stuff realistically to a consumer? And we started mm -hmm. talking about like, who's the enemy, who's the enemy of the Canadian consumer right now when it comes to mortgages. And the reality is, is it's, the big banks and the discount mortgage companies. Those are the two enemies. And you've got this really amazing group of brokers who are incentivized to save people money. And yes, they get paid when they save people money, but the proportion that they get paid compared to the amount that they can potentially save you just by having good advice and making sure that you don't do something silly or some, make a mistake because you have a blind spot, like get a discount mortgage that has a bona fide sale clause or take a bank five-year fix that has a significant penalty that when interest rates come down, you aren't going to be able to 
aren't going to be able to get a better deal on somewhere down the road. I mean, that's that group of people is is really, really important to the Canadian mortgage and the Canadian real estate industry right now. And that's awesome seeing guys like Mark and you and, and you know, the people that are on this Darryl call. And TK. And Daryl and TK. Daryl and TK, mortgage specialists. We bring on the right people, okay? We don't know the info, but hey, listen, we make sure people get the info the same way. I've signed yeah. for enough mortgages to be an expert in, in this territory. I, not, not in selling them, though. I would hate, oh my God, right now I'd hate to be dealing with people. Vince talks about, welcome to the show, Vince. Thank you for Sorry about it. the technical difficulty. I had to reset my password and figure out how this whole thing works. So I apologize for the... Uh, I must be doing something wrong because everybody has this password issue, right? Yeah, I had the same problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'll figure it out at some point. I promise. But uh, thanks sorry, for joining sorry us. Sorry, coming halfway through. I apologize. It's okay. We're welcome, just we're welcome. just getting rocking and rolling here. But uh, you talk about it in uh, Foch's space from time to time, and I know I've talked about it a lot. It's this renewal issue that's got to be coming down the pipe, right? Like. Um, I mean, I know for myself, my mortgage is renewing sooner than later. And I've been thinking about it for a while. Like, what the hell? Right. Because, I mean, values are not going up at the moment. Right. So, you know, if you have to renew, it's a it's a weird time, isn't it? Well, it's a it's there's two camps, right? There's the folks that are renewing out of a five year. And then there's the folks that are renewing out of their alternative deals from last year. Or the and year before. Yeah. Both are two different scenarios, right? The the folks from 2018 or late 2017 that were renewing in the last little while had a lot of equity, right? They're, 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 there's a bit of a, a comfort zone with the equity they built up over the last five years. As for the folks that are renewing in a year, it's just a bloodbath. Like it's a <laughs> shit. Yeah. So, you know, I, I pulled one up. And I brought this up a couple of times on, on my show and in a couple of spaces. I got a chap who's renewed, actually renewed yesterday, January 27th. And uh, this is with Home Trust. So he went from 339 to 8.2 in a year. Whoa. So he, he and it's not a big deal, right? It's like 600 and change, 615 grand. He went from $1,690 every two weeks to 2441. So what's that? 3300 so to what? That, what's, what's that a month? Uh, so, so it's basically 751 biweekly. It's 19,500 in more payments that he's got to make in the next year. Yeah, about what's a 50% increase. Grand, yeah. Right? Uh, in a year. Like yeah. where does it come from? When, not five when, years. But where does it come from when every other cost everybody has is going up? And, and unless I'm missing something, are you guys paying less for anything right now? No. no. And, and I think the real issue is, um, you know, these folks are in trouble. Uh, they're scraping through credit cards, lines of credits, any RSPs they have, any tax savings, any any form of savings that they have, they're scraping through. So they're going to get by and everybody says, well, delinquency's insignificant. Like we're not seeing anything. Of course, you're going to pay for your house first, especially when there's snowstorms going out going on outside, right? So you're gonna keep the shelter going first. So you're gonna pay that. And then once you hit your capacity and, and your maximum limits, then what? Now you got a mortgage payment, you gotta make minimum payments on all your credit cards and lines of credits and the shit hits the fan. So, you know, when Ron and I talk about when will the blood start spilling, it's gonna be second quarter because yeah. people are gonna run out of gas. 
We're starting to see the the private uh, deals come up on power sales on the MLS. I'm, well, I'm a realtor, there, so that's my side. That's yeah. already been happening, but um, but not the A lenders. I, I, have you guys experienced that yet? Is there any A lenders had any power the sales? The alternative, the alternative guys. lenders are starting. They they yeah. give instructions to enforcement lawyers to go ahead after the holidays. Yeah. So the power sales we're seeing in people's hands are dated January fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we dealt with a couple, well, three a couple weeks ago. I've never seen three in a week. So yeah, you know, it, it's, it's things are going to start to break. But are they true power of sales, or are they like about to go power of sale, and like we're going to list it so that we don't lose any market? right now because there's a difference like there's realtors putting power of sale on the listing and it's not really in power of sale at the moment it's like about to go power of sale right no, the ones that are going on are power of sales if they're if they're marketing power of sale but i think think on the private space i think there's there's a difference between power of sale because the clients aren't making the payments versus power of sale because the private lender doesn't want to renew and I'm actually working on a video on that right now because a lot of private lenders just want their money out. Yeah. They don't want it. They won't do an auto renewal. So if the client can't pay, like if the homeowner can't can't switch the the mortgage to somewhere else, or they can't get the extension from the private lender, then the lender can enforce can bring it to power of sale, and then it goes up on the market. And these well, people well, have Mark, been making their payments. Well, Mark, you bring right? a very good point. Um, there's an interesting phenomenon happening on why mix. And some of these private lenders are calling them in. Usually they have lines of credit set up with the big banks or whomever's giving them the facilities to use. And some of those covenants require that they will only lend on portfolio on first mortgages below 75% loan to value. So these private mix are having to do CMAs or drive-by appraisals or reassessments of their portfolios to see where that LTV sits. So what may have been 75 basis point, sorry, 75% loan to value last year, maybe 85% this year or higher. Yeah. And and the um the lender providing the line of credit saying, well, you know what? I'm not lending on that property. I want to be calling back that fund that amount of funding. And it's prompting these mix to call those loans for no reason. Yeah. And I think that's got to be flushed out because. These are folks making their payments. They're making them on time. And you got these operators calling them in for the sole reason that their loan to value is uh, has gone up. Now, all these big banks have fucking economic departments that have told them that there's going to be a correction. So why aren't they all aligned with their credit departments to give some leeway to these folks that are making payments? And that's going to be something that's going to be flushed out and talked about. It's one thing to have people that can't make payments and you're calling yeah. their loans. It's another thing to call them in when they are. Yeah. And there's an underlying big five lender that's pushing these mix to do what they're doing. And that will flush out in, in, in when it all comes, when everything's said and done. And I, there should be some accountability for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To Mark's point though, the ones that I'm dealing with are the ones where they won't renew. The payments are being made. There's huge fees. There's all that kind of stuff involved and the lenders are pushing them to sell. And so they're coming to us saying, look, I can't renew. I can't find another lender. We need to sell. And the lenders have all been cooperative. Nobody's 
pushed anything. They're they're sending How emails saying we've got though? mortgage for sale documents signed and they're going to be issued this date. You need this. So they're putting a lot of pressure on us to get sold. And thankfully, the market's been a little bit stable over the last few months to get them all done. Um, but that's what I'm seeing on my end. But then I've, I've just started seeing more and more power sales each week, more coming up on the MLS. And they're all from like, you know, numbered companies. I don't know if they're mixed or private or they're, they're from uh, alternative lenders, like you said. Vince. And well, the unfortunate thing there is they're sure. likely doing those consumers a favor, those borrowers a favor by putting them into the power of sale position because they don't qualify for those mortgages. They were alternative borrowers to begin with, and they they won't be able to make their payments going forward in all likelihood. Yeah. Yeah. So as much right. as it's better now than later. Loss, well, better now than later, because later it'll probably be a, a bigger loss, right? So okay. So mm -hmm. we, we well, all I just mean, saw that, I I mean that that depends though, right? A lot of alternative lending, it's short-term solutions. So whereas these people would income qualify after whatever needed to happen, whether they needed to get past their probation, whether or not she's coming back from maternity leave, whatever put them in that space, there was supposed to be a plan in place at the beginning. So at the end of that year, they would be able to switch out. So they might have the income that they can switch out to an, to like a, a, a bank, a bank lender, a monoline. But the, the values aren't there. Because that monoline is going to want to have an appraisal done, right. and if it's over eighty loan to value, then that's then they're stuck. Well, because so, we have a bullshit re uh, appraisal reversal going on right now, right? It, so we had these exactly. crazy bullshit appraisals on the way up, and now to cover their asses, they have to like they have to de-escalate the damage, right? They have to, the, the banks are not going to be happy with an appraisal at the same as what they paid for it right now, if it was a year ago, right? right? And so how do you qualify now when the rate goes up so much and no one's even willing to give you a goddamn loan? This is crazy. So, okay, hold on a sec. So we just saw another 25 basis point rate hike, okay? And we've all just shrugged it off. Like Vince came in, we, he didn't even mention it. So like everybody's accustomed to that, but now we hear the word pause, okay? So let's talk about what happens after the pause. If we're gonna get a pause, we're all assuming that a pause means no more rate hikes for a little while. And I think it sounds like we, like I know I feel, I know Vince definitely feels, but like we haven't really felt the pain yet, have we? Right. Yeah. So Vince said second quarter, everybody's shaking their heads. I can see everybody's head. So like we think pain is still to come. Right. And so so what happens now? Because employment, like I was saying before, is like off the rails. Right. Rents are going crazy. Like everything's going crazy. Like how, how do we not raise rates more? So like and, and, and what are we waiting to see now? And for how long? Anybody jump in there? There's a lot of shit I just threw at you. Well, yeah, it's that's it, pretty loaded. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. Well, to how, how, those well, those well, but let's somebody just start yeah. somewhere. Like, <laughs> let's start. Yeah, welcome let's start to the with show. inflation. Let's start with inflation. Inflation's going nowhere, you know. And everybody wants to track historic trends and shit like that. What everybody forgets about is this green movement. Every government's bought into the shit. Okay which means inflation is going to be jacked up because going green is not cheap. Everything's going up. So how the central bank thinks that we're going to see 2 and 3% target rates is fucking utter nonsense. It's not happening. Okay. So high rates are here to stay. And how do we deal with it? You talked about valuations, Daryl. There's not enough data. There's not enough sales to give a true evaluation. Just because somebody's sure. 
stressed doesn't mean that's an indication of what the rest of the neighborhood's worth, but that's how appraisals are done. They're done on a comparative analysis. So is it really the floor? Oh, it's right. it, it can't every be appraiser, yeah. every appraiser right now that I call, if it's a fucking $2 million home or more, well, I, I can't do it. I don't have the liability insurance. So everybody's running. <laughs> running scared. Oh, oh God. Right? So everybody's running scared and they're going to lowball that value. Yeah. And For sure. Road equity Joe based Jesus. on, 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 on fear. Right. And guess what? When you're in a power power sales situation you got two appraisals and they're both telling you that it's depressed well they can fucking sell it for whatever they want as long as it meets it's close to that number and they avoid any concern from uh you know the courts to say that you undersold the, the property but you got appraisers that are are fearful of, of giving a true value like I've, i'm seeing appraisals now like the adjustments and variances are more than 10 percent, right so they're not even using the proper comparable we have a metric here that we've been using That's lately, right. which is uh, price. price compared to peak, right? So you're price saying 10% lower yeah. than pr- peak or 10% what you think is what it's yeah. actually worth today. TK just listed something for 20% below peak. 20% below peak, you know, because right. people like to sell over asking. Well, you know, I like to sell for closer to As peak. close to peak <laughs> as possible. That's the goal. I love that. Okay. It's smoke and mirrors. It's yeah. all smoke and mirrors and it's all horseshit. So, so, okay. So, but yeah. having said that we haven't seen the pain, right. And I don't know, it seems like people um, like, have you gone to a restaurant lately? Like, does it look like they're hurting? I mean, other than the service being horrendous, right. And the food sucking everywhere, like there's people paying for this shit still everywhere, right? Like everything is packed everything i paid a lot of money to go to the theater to harry potter and it was packed man packed so like lots of people paid a lot of money for this shit and they everybody went for dinner first or after and went for drinks like the plate that this country's still hopping everywhere like what's going on so what well, do they there are, people are still spending but what's funny is the reactions after they've had that meal, they're very critical and they're fucking angry. Can't do this again. Fuck it's this, like, right? Fuck, this is too Where are we going tomorrow? Fucking service sucks. Fuck, the she employees was aren't thing. happy. Yeah, they don't give but, a shit. But it's like, care. where are we going next? There's three other jobs lined up if this one doesn't work out for them. Right? Everybody. Yeah. everybody. I mean, I, I, I think the, the pandemic, the pandemic played a role in that as well, right? No one did anything for two years. Now we're, now we're kind of allowed back out. People are going back out and, and there's all this talk of the recession, but I think you're right, Daryl. Like, you know, you go what out the fuck and is it? it's it's not really obviously there yet. But then you start to look at the, you know, I think we all probably looked at the monetary policy and the consumer sentiment and the consumer confidence um, is is almost back down to like the lowest of the low at the pandemic of the pandemic level. Um, so it is there, like it does exist, but I, I could, I completely agree with the, uh, with, with the idea that we're probably going to start to really see the shit hit the fan Q2, Q3, Q4 of this year, as those renewals start to come up as you know, we, we kind of get deeper into this recession, right? I mean, everything we have is a lagging indicator. We don't have enough data to keep up to date, like, the, like they do in the States, right? We're, we're months behind on all this stuff. So, um, yeah, I completely agree. And I, I, there's a couple good restaurants out there. Sure. But it's only a couple. Like the city <laughs> used to be known for them. But seriously, yeah. like the you really know, nice right. places right. now, you go there and it's like, 
the hell it, happened? This and is it's expensive. Got, it's crazy expensive too. Crazy. Too many jobs. Employment market's too strong. Yeah, so, but I've again, got really good restaurants in Alberta. If you guys want to move out here, <laughs> everyone else is doing it. It's a dead cat. <laughs> Everybody's doing it. It's true. It's like it's a thing, but it needs to happen. Like, there's not really many choices over here. Like, if you want, if you want what your parents, where what you grew up in, like, it's hard to get here unless move away. Like, well, I, I don't know how many mortgage brokers are on the on the panel, but four, four. Um, I'll tell you this and and tell me if I'm wrong. (laughs) As a mortgage broker, we're in the weeds. Activities picked up. It's not because of sales. Okay. It's because of refinancing, renewal problems. Okay. And every call is almost two and a half times what it used to be. And the first half of that call is getting somebody together because they're emotional basket case. Yeah. Okay. It's a fucking shit show. And I think I've amassed enough hours to be a psychoanalyst uh, and start having sessions for therapy because it is a fucking mess. And you got people crying. You got people not realizing what they're spending money on because they're in a paralysis and in shock. And you got to get back to basics. You got to really ask them to say, you got to get them to fucking print out their bank statements the last six months, print out their visa statements because everything's online they don't fucking look at what they're spending money on and you got to sit down and say look at how many subscriptions you have yeah. and i know we make fun of the disney plus shit with freeland and stuff but it, people don't know what they're spending money on mm. it, it's it's sad they're sure. ignorant and Listen. they just gotta start budgeting sure yeah but it's Therapist, so easy financial planner mortgage bucks. agent <laughs> well but this well, is the thing knows. Everybody knows that they qualified at five and a quarter, right? A year ago. So they're paying one and a half on a variable. They got qualified at five and a quarter. But where'd the money go? Where'd that buffer go? Where'd they spend the Good money point. on? Yeah. on something. Yeah, it's there. It's that there. Income's there. You know where it is. Yeah. Not right? enough craft they, they dinner. They want to live the life. Well, so... So we have this renewal thing coming where we have all these people that had multiple guarantors, right? Multiple guarantors and parents giving uh, gifts from their lines of credit. And like, I think we have multiple people holding things up that are kind of falling simultaneously, right? Like the guy who helped you guarantee is probably having a tough time himself right now, right? Yeah, this actually, if I can jump in here, Dale, that'd be this is a question I'd love to ask um, the, the three guys who have way more experience than I do. Um, so we, we've seen a lot more co-signers come on. Obviously, the gifting thing that, you know, that was, there was news articles about that. But the co-signing, I have looked, Stats Canada, CMHC, all the big banks, and I can't find, and maybe I'm just ignorant here, but I can't find any information on the, what I would consider a drastic increase in people co-signing for properties. And I'm wondering if that's something that you guys have seen as well. You know, Nick, I'm going to tell you a quick story. Uh, Two Christmases ago, um, Minister Hassan was appointed um, Minister of Housing from Immigration, I believe. And a buddy of mine called me up. He said, Vince, I want you to come to my office. I want you to meet somebody. I want you to talk to them. And I walked in his office and Minister Hassan was there. He had just gotten his mandate letter from the Prime Minister. And I'd read it before I'd gotten there. And his mandate was to go after investors, right? At the time, this is uh, this is a few years before. Okay? Yeah, okay. 
So uh, Peter says, Vince, t- talk to him about what we talked about last week because it's really important. And, and I said, you know, I understand you're going after investors. And he goes, yeah, it's a big concern. Uh, it's gone from 12% to 26% in the last several years uh, since 2008. And I said, well, I'm going to tell you something. That's that's bullshit. It's bullshit because in the fall of 28, uh, 2018, the stress test came out. And all of a sudden, every broker on this panel saw an increase in application flow where two people on title was the norm, went to four, three, four. We saw multiple people on title because young folks had to get co-signers. And the definition of an investor is someone who has more than one property. And exactly. a lot of parents that go on, uh, type, they go on as a 1% beneficial owner. Right. I said, so your fucking stats... This stress test has created an unintended consequence. So your analysts are saying, holy shit, there's a lot of people that own multiple properties. But why don't you ask them to filter through their land registry because you can see who's on title and you can see their birth dates. And you could, I'll bet dollars to donuts that most likely there's a 25 to 30 year age gap between people on title. Are they a true investor or just somebody trying to help their kids? Get into yeah, that. not a true investor whatsoever. I mean, that's no. a yeah, that's a great point, right? Yeah. And he sat there and he said, "Fuck!" I, you know, he had his secretary write something down. Now, I, he didn't go after investors in the budget, and I'm not suggesting for a minute that I had so any. You, you single handedly helped this save the investors. <laughs> Love it. No, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. <laughs> no, take I know. I'm just, for, I'm just kidding. Like, guys, <laughs> no, they didn't listen to him. Thank don't, you for your service. You're yeah, right. They did. Yeah, they didn't end up. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't care. What they have right. the they people. Vince, we need you to have another talk with them. <laughs> right? They have the wrong people at the table. We're in the weeds. Yeah. We see what's going on, right? And as much as you know, we're into the minutia and shit like that, we get to see the behaviors of what's going on. And, and I'm telling you, the government has no fucking clue what is going on and what people are going through because all they deal with are bureaucrats who get fucking paid every two weeks, no matter whether they go to work, whether they do fuck all, where their union protects them, the productivity is at, a, at an all-time low. You can't get a fucking passport in this country in reasonable time. So it's all broken. So so OSFI, this is a good segue, right? These new recommendations that they're putting out to the public for consultation, this all falls underneath that same umbrella. Yeah, Absolutely. I made a video on this, and and I, I've got to go back and make another one because I was wrong on this. Those OSFI recommenda- recommendations, when you look at what they're recommending, um, at the interest rates that we're at right now, they're probably not super consequential. Although I'll defer to Vince on that because I can't remember what the last two were. I can only remember what the first one was. Um, but I have to, I have to, I have to bounce out of here right now, guys. But I, I just want to say something real quick. Um, Vince and a and a handful of other guys are freaking legends in this industry, and when they talk, you need to listen. That conversation he had I'm, with I'm humbled. <laughs> no, I I really do mean it. I mean, you're you're a Hall of Fame member, but um, you're also like there's literally like a handful of guys. You, Peter Matheny, um, a couple other names that would escape me at this moment. But you know, when when he's having conversations with guys like these MPs and whatnot, I mean, he's got his his finger on the pulse of what's really happening. And I mean, for Mark and and Nick who are doing a great job as as well. I mean, these are the guys we need to look to. And I'm, I'm really honored that I got the opportunity to be on a panel with, with you. And uh, I wish I could be here for the rest of the conversation. I, I, I definitely watch it, but um, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like they're taking you know, OSFI federal government. They're all taking stabs at 
how to fix a problem that ultimately they created years ago by doing things like stress test and, and everything else. So I'll leave you guys with that. Hope you guys have a great rest of the show and uh, go from there. Thanks, Nolan. Thanks, Thanks Nolan. We'll be back on later. Thanks this for year. having me. Take it easy, bud. Yeah. So, okay. So where were we? So everything's a mess and it's, and it's not getting better anytime soon, right? So what does this look like for interest rates in the future? So let's say, what, what, what is even a pause? Like, is this, what, when's the next uh, meeting in, in March? March 8th. 8th. Yeah. March 8th. Okay. It, it's, it's funny, you know, everyone, everyone heard that, that pause and then it, it they, they kind of didn't really seem like they listened to the rest of it, or at least on, on social yeah. media. Right. And then, Basically, if you read the rest of the, or even if just the highlights, you know, it's far too early to talk about rate cuts. We're still, you know, they they almost went and said it and then and, and retracted it, kind of, you know, sure, like you know, stepping on eggshells kind of thing, right? And if you listen to the rhetoric that the Bank of Canada has been putting out for the last year and a half, two years, they're just trying to figure it out as well, right? I mean, I don't think they're doing this on purpose to screw over real estate investors. Real estate mortgages are just a byproduct of overall, um, you know, what, what what's happening overall, right? So obviously we're hyper focused on it, um, and and if you look at what again what the Bank of Canada said is they they will literally do whatever they can to battle a um, to battle inflation, and I think the there's like a stat that says a hundred percent success rate of doing that through raising interest rates. And Nick, oh. do you think do you think? The bank account. Listen, I, I, I'm very critical of the bank account because I think they're playing uh, with their hands tied behind their back. You know, you, you got a government that continues to print money. Yeah. Um, they're pushing this green movement, carbon taxes, like everything's going up. Like, how do you battle inflation? Right. He's almost afraid to go 50 basis points. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like land battle, agree. Right. But if that doesn't, said that, doesn't, the cost, doesn't the cost of service that that go up? Like. It's yeah. going to be a shit show. It has it to. Rolls over. Yeah. Yeah. Hyperinflation. They're continuously printing money. Um, you know, uh, a year ago, they were all excited. Well, listen, we could spend the fucking money for all the stimulus because the interest cost is low. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now what? Everyone buying investment properties that they have no idea how to run or cryptocurrency that they have no idea what it is or anything. And, and you know, all that, all that money was pumped in the economy dumb money and and now now it's dissipating i i i do want to ask ask you guys um so i don't know if anyone tuned into the to the cibc um you know where are we now ben tal thing yesterday or, or two days ago but it was a little more bullish than i than i had expected and i know i i got a lot of time for for ben tal and a lot of the other chief economists at the at the big banks because a lot smarter than i am but he's basically saying um rates will be back down in the threes by you know q1 q2 of 2024 and and that we probably will, will like i think it was will likely not see a cut a rate cut this entire year which i don't think comes as a surprise to anybody but rates will start to be cut early next year and if we get back down to the threes i mean that's several cuts or a few major cuts i hope he's right <laughs> so do I. He also called no in 2023. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I and I respect him a lot too. But yeah, there's been a lot of stuff that I follow that I've heard from him that uh, it's not always accurate, right? I think he does. He has he has a good job. He has a you know cushy job, and uh, you know he's there to promote you know spending so that people are uh, and he's borrowing more money right? and and yeah. you know 
going he's to a C- CIBC to, to get that from. <laughs> yeah, he's a wonderful communicator. I love him. I love his yeah. style because he talks it's down funny, you know, yeah, in, in in our language, and makes people understand what's going on. But you know, he's an economist at at a banking right. institution that that may have some vested interest in what he's saying. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure and influence i mean let's be exactly. influence for sure well that There's goes back to the sentiment piece right i think i think right. sentiment now is playing more of a role than ever so you know you got bentel going on and you got a couple hundred thousand canadians listening you know does that move the needle on sentiment the right the right way and and does the needle does the sentiment needle move the move the you know economy and inflation needle so but what, are, what are, do the like, banks want like what would what would be the big five banks what would be their goals we know bank of canada okay inflation you know, bank, uh, government of Canada. We know the consumers. What would be the bank, the big five banks' um, motivation here? Like, what would be Make their ideal profit. scenario that that rates would continue to go up, pause, or go back down? What's good for their business? TK, I, I think that the fair answer is I don't think they give a shit. No, <laughs> more profit, more profit. The day, they'll find a way. They'll find a way. They're getting, they're getting paid. No matter what, you're getting well, paid. Actually, we'll hear from Mark and, and Vince. So uh, the five year, the five year, um, the five year fix is the most profitable product for a bank to to sell it out of the you know let's say the 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 basic mortgage products. And we're I think a lot of Canadians are being forced you know or strong armed or, or you know guided back into those two three five year rates. Uh, you know you know we all know that the 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 variable rate took up I think fifty five plus percent of the market for like two, three years there, which was very unlike Canadians. Now we're seeing the big swing back to very, or sorry, back to fixed um, and and likely back into those, you know, longer term fixed, maybe, you know, we've been uh, recommending a lot of two to three years. I'm sure you you gentlemen have as well, but you think that has anything to do with it, a push to get Canadians back into that good old five-year fixed? Well, the, the, banks. Five-year, the five-year tool has always been, you know, 85% of all mortgages are in five-year terms. Uh, that's that's a flaw in the system, but they built it that way. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, the reality is, is I think the stress test had a lot to do with that, right? Like the, the, the big load up in variable products was because people couldn't qualify yeah. with, the, with the fixed rate. So back in March of um, 2022, the variable was at 1.7%. The five-year was at 389. So anyone taking a five-year has to qualify at 589, where a variable gives them an edge on a qualification perspective. They're still in the height of these bidding wars and shit, right? So mm-hmm. they got to scrape by. Now, the, 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 the perfect play would have been take the variable, close, and lock in. And lock in, yeah. Okay. So get yeah. the get the purchasing power on the front end. Next week, lock the deal. In. Yeah. Okay. Did you have any clients problem. do that? Was there but anybody the who did that? Well, here's yeah. the problem. They're surfing. But in January, if you did that, uh, you were looking at 135 best variable available versus 269. So someone's sitting there saying, "Well, fuck, I'm paying 135." Yeah. I'm you want me to go double it? Attractive. Double yeah. it. Yeah. In March. You're at 170 on a variable or 389. Now I got to go double plus. (laughs) So everybody got fooled, but they got clues every Bank of Canada hike that things were getting out of whack. And inflation's climbing. 
But the yeah. for the big five banks transitory have static payments. <laughs> and if anybody's followed me, I've been focusing on these static payments because they were the worst fucking product in the history of mortgage products. Mm. Okay. They're not designed for when rates go up. So if, if B20 and you know all this basil bullshit talks about maximum amortizations at whatever whatever they say it is, and you're now going backwards on your amortization to 40, 45, with every hike, 52. I start, I saw one at 93 years. Like that's almost comical. That is comical. It's like, it's like a US life sentence. <laughs> Or murder. <laughs> why why like, would it be? Like, what's the scenario that that would happen in? Is it the size of the loan or is it the... Well, interest rate is the... going up. The payment you're making doesn't cover enough of... enough to, to That's pay an extreme though, right? So like, is that because yeah, they were just that payments low of don't a rate? Until you're point? upside down. Yeah. So all of a sudden, all these banks, TD, BMO, CIBC, and Royal, okay? These are products I would not sell. Anybody that wanted a static payment variable, go somewhere else. Sorry, don't want to talk to you. Don't have time for it. Well, why? Because Scotia's got the best one if you want to be with a big bank. It goes up adjustable. every time Prime goes up. So all of a sudden, you get a fucking notice in the mail, and you're going to call me and say, Vince, my payment just went up. Do you want to lock in? Here's your options. Let's go. Make your decision. Because you have an option to lock in, no cost. So, but why did people not lock in? Like, there was a nice gap there to, yeah, tell me. Because you had Scotia, you had everyone saying rates weren't going up that much. That Scotia said eight hikes in two years. People thought, oh, I can handle that. Inflation is sitting up, what was it, 4.7 when the banks still pushed it, pushed pushed the rate hike, what, like we said last year, when they didn't raise rates in January. You had all these experts coming out saying it's not going to be that bad when you saw where the inflation was going like it was everybody you know like you, you saw what was happening but all the experts said no don't worry about it eight hikes that's extreme that's aggressive it's not mm -hmm. going to happen and that's all you saw on when you watched bloomberg when you watched the global mail and they're the ones who said no this is going to get bad they were treated like quacks like it wasn't going to happen and that's well, why no one walked in you're absolutely right and, and the play in my world was okay you're on the phone with a client and they got this notice right and i said well listen you can lock in you can lock in at 419 now and uh they're like well you know it's a bit of a premium i said well do this why don't you increase your payment as if you're paying 419 okay and just pay your mortgage off faster get to zero as fast as you can because when rates were at record lows the goal of everybody is to fucking pound down that debt yeah right because if you pay it down to less than half of where you were, a hike of double in nature is not going to impact your interest rate, rate wise. And, and people can't follow that, right? They're not auditory learners, they're visual learners. So you got to get them in here, show them on a whiteboard, show them the numbers, they got to see it. I don't think most people are showing people this. And I don't think most people are thinking along those lines. I think more people are just like, like, how much do I have to pay every month? And then it just ends there. And then they yeah. don't think about like next year's months or the five years from now's months <clears throat> they just like today like uh oh yeah it's a little over what i planned but whatever like she wants it or he wants it or i want it like let's just Cheryl, fucking go there's there's a there's a big joke in our industry right home buyers only care about two things what's my payment and when do i get the keys right that's it 
literally that, that's that's product. the number one question that product you yeah. can tell what the prepayments are bi-weekly accelerated they don't give a shit sure they got mm-hmm. moving truck ready when do i get my keys what's my payment let's go where do i sign press hard yeah that. number one question i get all the time okay what's the monthly payment on that <laughs> i'm like well it's it gets a little more complicated There's some other things we should be looking at but no that's it's right it's it's simple and it you know again well, for, for and for probably the people listening who are obviously you know into real estate, into mortgages, investing, et cetera, you know, but the the vast majority of the population isn't right, and and they got caught up in the in the FOMO and the urgency to get into that market, and you know the only way to do that was through a variable maxing your shit out, and you know I'm kind of I'm kind of paraphrasing from Ben Tal here, but it, it was front loading all of that activity, right? So you're borrowing like crazy from the future in a future that a lot of people. Didn't think didn't could. look like now. That's for yeah. damn sure, right? Well, well, happened, let's, right? Let's think about what's going to happen next year. <laughs> Every rate hike was the last one. Oh, and that's why yeah. people weren't weren't locking in, right? Okay, well, I'm not going to lock in now because this is the last one. So my variable will be fine. It'll go back down. I'm not going to lock into a fixed. Another one comes along. That's the last one. There was actually there was a thing on Twitter where it said the last rate hike, and there was boxes drawn all the way around it because they just kept on doing it. So. Um, I, I think that's one of the things. And now we're in that future and everyone's got to pay for the stuff that they borrowed. How and- many, how many mortgage brokers do you think are out there that learned about trigger rates at the same time as their clientele? hundred percent, right? hundred percent. None? I would say 95%. Yeah. 95% learned at the same time as their clientele. Right. This is a big yeah. problem, right? I, I, I saw a TikTok. Or they believe it could never happen. Because the speed in which the rate hikes happened basically just threw everybody out of, out of whack. Now, when when you don't sell those type of products, it really doesn't come into the discussion, right? Um, there's only one lender in the mortgage broker space that offers it, right? It's TD. And I have one TD client in that static payment, one. And I've told her, it's a ship product. I want you to understand it's a ship product, but she wanted to port her mortgage. She didn't want to pay a penalty. And I said, okay, but I'm just letting you know. Rates are going up. You're going to have a problem. I see a lot of US content and they talk about, and this back in the 80s, this happened a lot too, where people would buy down the rate, right? So like there would be incentives and stuff like that. So like sellers would buy, doing, you know, would buy down the rate for the, the buyer to buy their property for $85,000 because it was 14% and they can make it 12. And in the States, they still do that. But I haven't heard of any lenders that well, offer anything like that. Some builders are offering discounted rates, whether it's their own funds or they're buying it down. Yeah, okay. When did you even have to think about doing that? Here, yeah. Right? So buying it down, what's that process like? Is that something that would work with every lender? Well, you know, you're basically providing the lender the cash, uh, the cost of the buy down mm-hmm. uh, up front, right? So, you know, brokers do it today. Butler's, you know, he, he professes it, uh, friend of Ron's, and, you know, he, he he gets an edge in the marketplace because he buys down rates. He doesn't feel he needs to make the top commission. He'll give it back to the client. The broker the- buys it down. Okay, yeah. But the, the the buyer, like the seller could buy down the rate, The anybody could buy down the rate could, with any yeah, lender? I- but in all fairness, TK, uh, what people are doing is they're just giving them the equivalent of cash, right? Mm-hmm. Give them cash up front. Um, you know, when you're uh, assuming a mortgage, I don't think you can really fiddle around with the rate. So you're saying, okay, listen, it's at 389. 
I'll buy it down to three, the 89 basis points time, the remaining term, here's the cash component. Mm -hmm. I don't think a lender in Canada is able to buy it down on an assumption. Unless it's a brand new mortgage, um, you know, it ha we haven't gotten to that point yet where these systems can even do it. Mm -hmm. The strategies and stuff like that and, for and sellers, all, right? Just with, to all the, with all the securitization that's involved, I don't even know if they could be put in the pool. So, so let me ask you guys, especially Mark, because Mark's pretty visible on, on YouTube. Like, are you getting a lot of calls now that the end result is like, sorry, I just can't help you? Or like, I might be able to help this guy, but I'm not fucking touching this file for nothing. Like, how <laughs> is that happening more to you right now? A lot of tough conversations. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I was thinking about this when we were talking earlier about uh, why people didn't lock it in. It was just a few days ago, I got a call from a client who bought back in December of 2021, big bank, big bank, pushed him into variables, said things aren't going to go up, maybe 25 points. And he bought right at the height of the market. And like, there's nothing he can do. He can't take the payments. He was maxed out. Right. So he maxed out to the, the top TDS that you can go with and rates went up for like 400 basis points at the time I talked to him. So there's a lot of conversations like that, um, which I mean, it sucks. I guess it's, it's, there's just nothing they can do. These people are stuck. They're going to have to sell um, if they can, depending on how much they put down. So, so. Does, does everybody like know a guy that like, you know what, like you should call this guy. He, he might be able to help you out. You know, like, is there a guy for everybody? You know what? The all... ones on the marketplace special can help, but right. Yeah. Go to right. Brampton. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what, Daryl? I, I think, um, it's important that everybody sleeps at night, right? Um, throwing somebody into a lion's den isn't going to help them. Yeah. And I think sometimes the tough decisions are the best decisions. And it's, it's, it's ones where you're telling them, listen, you're, there's no hope. Try to protect as much equity as you can for your family. Yeah. Yeah. Find a way to get rid of this thing. Yeah. So you're telling people like people are calling you, you're hearing their stories or you're looking at their file and you're going, you you need to sell, like go take get a good lumps. agent right take now. Take your lumps. Yeah. Yep. Take your lumps. Try to protect as much equity as you can, because you're going down a rabbit hole that every if refinancing this and going backwards into the alternative space or going backwards into the private space is only going to eat away at your equity because the lender fees, the broker fees, the legal fees, problems are just going to be so expensive just so, are, cut me are, are we going to start seeing because like listen when 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 conditions change we start to see new types of lenders and over the last few years we saw like private lending like go to a whole other level right and all these mix that started up in the last three four years that are gigantic already like are we going to see a new type of lending come out of this where people are having like interest only loans here in canada again and 50-year amortizations like i i, I feel like we're just at least the, the people smarter than me seem to be always trying to find a way that people can make those payments on things, right? So is, is that like the next evolution in things where we find a way that, yeah, maybe you're not going to pay any principal, but like you can still make the payments at the same level? Um, this week, I got a call from a law firm 
asking me to be an expert witness in a case of a private lender getting involved in a transaction that probably shouldn't have been involved in. And over the last couple of years, we saw many private lenders come into the space that had no business being in it. So tell me, hold on, let's back up like one step. What does that look like? They, they're borrowing from a line of credit or like, what does this look like? These are folks that have been told this is easy money. So they're sitting on money in their bank account making zero, right? 20 basis points, a quarter of a percent on a couple hundred grand. And somebody's talked them into being a private lender because you can make eight or 9%, right? So all of a sudden I run a MIC, right? So I understand risk. I understand security. I understand how to run a, 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 a MIC. I've been doing it for years. So I started getting brokers calling me saying, Vince, can you beat this rate? And I said, well, what is it? Well, it's a first for $599. $599 on a private deal? Nope. I'll sit in cash. The risk premium is not enough to understand that. Well, well, you're just going up. You can't lose. It's a beautiful house. They're all beautiful. They're all nice. they're not. Yeah. Or not, yeah. right? And seconds, second mortgages at eight ninety nine, seven ninety nine, right? So now I get calls from a lawyer saying, "Vince, could you be an expert witness? Uh, I don't think the duty of care was was provided to the, um, the 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 investor." And I said, "Well, did they sign the do you know your client and disclosure document? Because chances are they probably signed something that said that they they know what the fuck they're doing." I'll look at it. But the reality is, is everybody thought they were experts. But th- hold on. Are you talking about people that privately lent directly to like some other, like a schmuck to a schmuck? Or are you saying like somebody raised money in something and lent it out and people got caught up in that? And the brokers didn't do their due diligence. The so brokers we- didn't provide the material. Oh, risk. so broker. Okay. So it's not just like one guy going direct to, hey, you need 200 grand as a second. I'll give it to you. Like we we're at the cocktails. And then. So all of a sudden, Daryl, you, you're starting to hear these calls come in. How bad is it? And this folk, this, this lady's out 300 grand. Mm-hmm. Right. In second position. And supposedly she was told it was guaranteed. Nothing. Of course, it's guaranteed. Guaranteed. You love that. Nothing's Lovely to hear that. Yeah. So, Ouch. so like these are the these are the scenarios that are happening, right? So, think of we, we've been talking about borrowers all the time. Wait till the next fortress avalanche gets through the system of all these private lenders that are out cash, Mo- little moms, orphans, widows that use their state money or whatever cash they had on hand. Um, you know, th- this whole uh, decade of low rates really screwed all the seniors, right? They worked all their worked their whole lives, create little nest eggs. Uh, when I started in the bank in 89, 90, while in university, people were getting 10% in interest on their GICs. Yeah. So, you know, 300 grand gave $30,000 in income. 15, 20 years, 30 years later, they're making three grand at 1%. Like, that's a travesty. Seniors got screwed. They're the forgotten uh, citizen out there. Nobody gives a shit about them. We saw that during COVID. 
like they got hammered and now somebody sold them a bill of goods that they could make money as private lenders and they're getting screwed again so i mean this is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting because we'll see a big company, like a big lender will drop at some point, right? Not an A, but like a B or a C lender that's got a, a big book is going to drop. And I, there's got to be another developer or two out there that are going to drop between Vancouver and Toronto at some point soon. Like, so, so, so. I mean, I'm hopeful that it's Q2, that things start kind of turning around. But my 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 reality sensor doesn't even see anything getting better anytime soon. And like I used to be the biggest bull in the world. But like I'm I'm I go outside and I'm looking at everybody going, what the fuck are you all doing? Why are you guys all still at the mall? Like, how come I can't get a parking spot? How does everybody have so much money to spend? And why aren't you hanging on to it more? Listen, if I go to the mall, it's because I absolutely have to buy something at the mall, right? Like, I'm not going for little things like I used to anymore. I, and I'm okay. But like, aren't, aren't people that aren't okay, like starting to get it or they just know that they can get a job tomorrow for more money well next time you're at the mall see if a lot of people are carrying bags might just be exercising there a lot of exercise <laughs> going on right, right? yeah no shopping. a lot of socializing at the malls like I, I really like looking at behaviors like i'm in the weeds i try to make sense of what's going on i'm, I'm not going to profess i know everything i just look at trends but they're ordering in the restaurants aren't they yeah yeah. But young, young people don't own homes, right? They're they're living in their parents' basements. I got three, I got 21, 20, and 18-year-old. Like, <laughs> one's a university, the other two are, are, are working and doing their thing. Um, you know, it, it's, they're just hanging out. They don't want to be a homeowner. They look at a no. condo rentals, you know, they say, Dad, like, if I fall down in any direction, I'm going to hit a wall. They're so tiny. Uh, I like my spread downstairs in the basement. <laughs> Yeah. Have Rank you seen that room service? Yeah. Uh, Vince, going back to your point, I think, you know, it's, it's the, you know, guys or people, your, your son's age, as well as the, you know, that older generation that kind of, you know, the bookends that, that really, that really took the hit this time. And I never thought about it like that with the, with the seniors, because everyone always just talks about this massive transfer of wealth, right? The billions and billions, trillions of dollars that are changing hands and, and that, you know, just if you just think about that quickly, makes you think, okay, you know, there's a ton of money. The seniors are okay. It's evaporating but, in the stock market. But it's evaporating, you're, you're, you're right? Exactly. Worker, right? I'm a mortgage agent. Yeah. Oh, you're a mortgage. So, so yeah. let's think about this for a minute. So let's think. Of, let's talk about seniors for a minute. And and uh, you know, traditionally, you know, they start downsizing and, and go into assisted living arrangements, retirement homes, whatever the case is, whatever they need, right? So during COVID. That didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Everybody hung on to their home because, holy shit, people are dying in old age homes. I'm not yeah. going into a death trap. Yeah, I'm staying home. Sure. So at the beginning of COVID, all the service people, which are probably their grandchildren, couldn't afford rent because they weren't making any money. So all of a sudden, mom and dad said, hey, son, why don't you go live with grandma or grandpa? Because... They need a hand. You could live in their basement. You could stay with them for free. And holy shit, their house is going up in value. We're not selling. We're going to keep it in the family. 
I mean, millionaires. Right? They're never going to need to go <laughs> to all of a sudden. That that bucket We're, of yeah. of people that usually sell and turn over those real those those homes that's not there anymore. Yeah. So we're seeing less listings. Now, I don't know what segment they make up, but this was happening more and more when downtown went dark and no one, everybody left those units. Because remember, there was a lot of vacancy early on downtown at the beginning of COVID. So, you know, where are we going? I All I know is this. Aussie's going to clamp down on credit. We're going to see less that's not appetite for, for mortgage credit. We got 30, 36% of all mortgages in Canada are in variable rates. Bad. That's, that's 45% of all non-mortgage lending is in HELOCs. That's bad. And we have 1.1 million mortgages coming up for renewal in 2023. In all of those three categories, the interest cost to service is going to go up more than two times, maybe two and a half times. Yeah. But it's okay because there's lots of immigration. <laughs> the, there <laughs> so, you go. Exactly. <laughs> so pre-pandemic, pre the average new immigrant or new resident rented for 36 months. Yeah. Okay. That that's, that's basically the rule of thumb before they actually buy a home. And let's say they both, you know, a couple makes 50 grand each. With the less discretionary spending and less household disposable income, how are they going to save? So an average mortgage calculation, you know, it's four times income they qualify for a mortgage. So let's say they make, let's say they make 60 grand each. Household income of 120. They're going to be able to qualify for $408,000 mortgage, plus what they could save in three years. How much do you think they're saving? 50 grand? No, they're called renters. They're called yeah. renters for life. This is what's happening. This is like your kids, my kid too. I have a 19-year-old daughter and it's like owning, unless unless there's a gift, right? Like owning is so far out of the realm of reality for kids now that just have to start at zero and scratch their way that it's like, it, it it's not even in the in the realm of of possibilities for a lot of people right now. Young kids, it's just like, yeah. okay, I'm going to rent. That's it. Yeah. What's, uh, term, right? yeah. What's that, Mark? What's that do long term? What does that do long term? Yeah, it, where's it, the motivation? It creates it creates a full blown renter's economy, right? Where like I, yeah. you know, Dan and I talk about this all the time in the podcast, and I'm sure on the spaces it's come up as well. Late stage um housing cycle right like we you know we're 10 15 years from now it will be the norm that most people just rent right now i think we're in a bit of a transition period that we haven't fully accepted it yet but we're being forced into that reality you know a couple decades from now unless some things majorly change right and that goes to a whole other several other cans of worms with labor shortages construction material shortages supply chain shortages development costs you know you know all about that shit right i mean it's it's not just okay well you know we'll, we'll do this and it'll fix it it's no like there's there's 10 things that need to be done to to fix something to to even make a dent in fixing something like, so, exactly okay. right and so i mean getting enough to supply fix anything anymore like that used to be the story so we just need more supply but like Everything else is so broken. Is supply going to make a difference? If it was even possible, like what? There's no fix, right? There's no fix without blowing the whole thing up 
or is there like a way to fix this shit? Invest in bunk beds. Bunk beds, right? No, cages. Have you seen in China, like the little cages in the condos? Everybody gets like a little bed in a cage. Crazy. They're beautiful. Crazy. They're beautiful. Yeah. It's unbelievable. But like, how how does this... There has to be a silver lining somewhere. Like we keep saying, we think that maybe they're going to cut rates at some point this year, um, which a lot of people uh, agree with. And I, I hope that that's the case. I really hope that that's the case. But like, like I think one solution, and I'm involved in a few projects myself, but I think repurposing of homes is is going to be one of the key and key key factors in trying to solve this problem. Um, you know, uh, we got a couple projects downtown. We're turning single family homes into four units. Yeah. Yeah. Turning home into a triplex, put a laneway suite in the back. I think that's going to be the new phenomena that's going to help put a dent in it. I don't think it's the full born solution, but it's definitely going to. It's a slow, slow dribble. It is slow. Yeah. Okay. The permitting has been fast tracked if you're near transit hubs in the city of Toronto. So that bodes well. Um, you know, we went to committee of adjustments for the additional unit. Like it was 15 seconds for an approval. Like good. It's so good they're, adding, they're adding a unit. Let's go bang. Now it took a while to get the, the meeting date and all that shit. Can't get a tradesman. <laughs> yeah. But the, the thing is, is, you know, we got two side-by-side semis that were two shitty little homes and we turned them into eight units. And each units, the the smallest ones, eight hundred twenty three square feet. So when affordable you housing, it, you're putting it at affordable rates, correct? I don't know if it'll be affordable, but no, it won't be affordable for is, someone. But, it will be. I'm looking baby. <laughs> Somebody's mom. <laughs> but, you know, look at what a, a one bedroom goes for now. Like what? What is it? It's um, national average 2,400, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, and and landlords must be trying to find every way possible to get people to roll over or out of their buildings. No, like the rents on some of these buildings that I've seen for sale are so low. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't know how you can make sense of buying them. That's another issue. But like, yeah. listen, I think it's going to be an interesting time. I, I think as mortgage brokers, uh, we're going to see some slippage in transactions. Uh, average mortgages are going to go down. Um, I think the networks are going to be under some pressure to, to survive with all their overhead. And um, I think what everybody's got to come to terms with is you're going to be doing a lot of pro bono work. I, don't don't you do that already? Yeah, we do. <laughs> More. Like it, it, it's, it's education. It's financial literacy. It's yeah. you know, your son always jokes with me he told me to get off tv a while ago and he said stop doing tv just get on social media and educate and yeah. the the best piece of advice he gave me was dad whatever you do don't talk about mortgages nobody gives a shit about a mortgage yeah everybody cares about how to buy a house yeah mm -hmm. so teach him how to buy a house teach him how to save teach him how to budget and i think financial literacy as much as that term's been used as at ad nauseum, got to really buckle down and focus on that as mortgage brokers and, and planners 
um, because not everybody understands what's going on. They're too busy trying to make ends meet. They don't even have time to do the math. Mm-hmm. And we're going to help them. We, we sure. got to do our best to, to, to help them out. I think that's a good way to finish off um, the show is just talk talk to the mortgage brokers who are listening to the show who are maybe just starting or who are struggling, their business is down, things have changed. Like, What advice can you guys give them to be able to you know, get through the next 12 months and to be able to help more people? Find a mentor. Yeah, that would be, yeah. we just had two people try to join our team um, on the East Coast. We're trying to bring someone on and, and that was the number one most important thing. I think that's important in anything you do, whether you're starting your own business, go find someone who's done it, whether you're a real estate agent, mortgage agent, anything, appraiser, I don't care, a contractor, go find someone who knows way, way more than in and, and make yourself very useful to that person. Yeah. And Nick, I can't uh, stress that enough. You know, a lot of young folks come into this space and they think it's easy. I don't think it's just uh, on the mortgage broker side. It's also on the real estate side. Even more so probably on the real estate side. Over the last five, six years, people would just bump into people and make money. Right. So, you know, uh, I've been hammering rookies uh, on my podcast and, and telling folks, you know, if you want somebody to practice on your mortgage, do it at your own risk because a lot of people got into shitty products because they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. And, you know, I've been in this business long enough that I'm tired of cleaning up people's messes. And I'm just, I'm I'm just being honest, right? It's just tiring how people don't do due diligence. There's so much fucking information out there. Imagine how many buyers ended up with like a shitty agent and then a shitty mortgage agent and no just inspection necessary, like no so finance. Yeah. Their uncle was their inspector. Yeah. Oh. If you're doing a pre-approval, like if you come to my office, you want to do a pre-approval, I want all docs up front. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't even meet with you unless you send me everything up front. Well, Vince, I just want to talk to you. Sorry. There's nothing to talk about. Well, Vince, what's your best rate? I don't know. How much is the yellow car? I have Check no fucking idea. Yeah. Check right? out my podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and the thing is, is, you know, these young people are saying, yeah, how much do you make? Yeah, no problem. We could you qualify for so much and we'll get a pre-approval at First National. They'll just approve it and get a quick uh, certificate. It means dick. It means nothing. Yeah. Right? And then they, they go in firm because they're in multiple offers. Yeah. And, and they then, pay more than they're allowed, right? They pay more right. than they've been pre-approved for because they got into a bidding war. And it's a week before closing, and then they come and see events, <laughs> right? Yeah. Hey, I saw your show. Can you help me? Okay. Get an extension. Get an extension. That's the Why? best. Yeah. That's the best advice for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why? Why do I gotta get an extension? Because when you need something fast, everything's gonna cost a little bit more. Lawyer's going to charge you more. Appraiser's going to cost you more. And I'm going to charge you more because you're not an A client. You're going to go in the B world. So get an extension so everybody could work at the right pace. Mm-hmm. Not cleaning up your mess. It's going to be expensive. Mm-hmm. And, I'm not, and I'm, I'm not trying to be an asshole, right? I'm just telling it the way it is. Should have came to me from the get-go. And if you want a novice to look after your stuff, you know, you get part-time results. Well, how long does it take to get a mortgage broker's license? Like, what's that process? Isn't that like, like a, just like a few months two, online like two, or something? Two, three weeks. How yeah, long does well, it take weeks. to fog a mirror? Right. Yeah. It's like... Fog yeah. a mirror. 
It's really crazy, the oversight over this industry, when you take like three steps back and really look at it. When things are fucked and you take three steps back, but like, I mean- well, Darryl, we, we now have the new private uh, lending training, right? So we got to go through this uh, private lending course. Oh, good. Who's teaching about, it? That came about from the fortress mess five years ago. So it took five years to to- come up with a solution to deal with. And you come out of that fortress mess and you got people that uh, end up being big consultants in the industry that came out of that bloody disaster and selling out like shows to people. <laughs> Anyways, that's a whole other topic. And it, I guess that all of us could probably talk for much longer and we still can, unless somebody has to go or TK, you got to go. TK yeah, has to go sell a house. I'm always, yeah. I'm always, TK is so busy I, I, I right now. It's crazy. <laughs> Daryl, yeah. I want to thank you for the invite. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us. It, it's it's a true pleasure to um, uh, participate in these things. You know, I, I'm just trying to educate, trying to help people think through decisions, and just pause, man. Like if you're in a bidding war, you don't need to be if you're a qualified buyer. Just walk yeah. away. Yeah. Right. It's, Today, yeah. Qualified buyers right now should be in control, and if you're dealing with a realtor. That's not putting you in control. Move on. What a good time to try and like uh, just put, like, like get off market deals going. No, like, don't you? Th there's got to be people that are like, oh, perfect timing. I, you know what? I was just thinking, uh, I'm running out of money. This would be great. No. <laughs> <laughs> Quick advancement, guys. We'll get you all back Take on the show time. again soon. Um, we Thanks appreciate everyone, your time. Yeah, yeah. a lot of amazing. Thanks, info. I think I'm going to watch this episode again for, yeah. for like the first time in a while. Oh, that's the first time that you watch our show. Just to be able to get all the info. <laughs> Let me know what you it. think, TK. You guys are awesome. Yeah, really appreciate uh, you guys inviting me, Vince, Mark. Great, uh, great to get face to face time with well, you guys. You guys, guys are both if you're legends. Around, so drop in it. for an espresso. Thanks, guys. All right, awesome. we will take you up on that, Vince. Yeah, we will do that. Thanks for your weekend, guys.